Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll deliver your astrological weather report for the week ahead. Every Sunday, I help you prepare to navigate through life's ups and downs and provide you with practical insights for planning ahead and staying on top of your game. And don't forget to hit subscribe whenever listening to this podcast or just mark your calendars because every Wednesday I'll be back with a live in-depth reading with a listener. Maybe it'll be you. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get astrological. Welcome back to Ghosts, my loves. This week, we have so much going on, like so much going on that I'm just going to dive right into it. We're looking at the astrology of May 14th through the 20th of 2023. And the week starts off with some really good news, which is, you know, how often do you hear me say that? Mercury retrograde ends on May 14th. Huzzah! We will be in the shadow period of the retrograde until the last day of May, May 31st. And so what this means in the shadow is that we do have little traces of the retrograde as basically what happens, Mercury retraces its steps. So it was going backwards. Now it's going forwards. It's a regular direction. And so, you know, we're kind of like all the things that got messed up during the retrograde have an opportunity to come up. So that can feel a little retrograde but it's not retrograde. It's retroshade. So yeah, it is good news. You can go ahead and sign your contracts, make your plans, buy that ticket, whatever you're trying to do. So May 14th, Mercury goes direct. On the 15th, we have an exact trine between Mars and Neptune. Now, a Mars trine to Neptune, I think, is a lovely thing indeed. Let me tell you why. Mars is related to your ego, your passions, your ambitions, uh, and your body, you know, how you feel in your body, how your body functions, all that kind of good stuff. And Neptune is spirituality. It's selflessness. It's uh, the high arts, nature, the concept of how we are all interconnected. So while Mars is ego, Neptune is egolessness. And when these two planets form a trine, aka a fluid 120 degree angle to each other, what we have is a lovely interaction between these energies. Now, this transit is happening with Mars in Cancer and Neptune in Pisces. And so we have this very kind of watery goodness happening here. This transit is therefore excellent for uh, being humble, for coming to embodiment around whatever it is that you may need to. This transit is excellent for spiritually connected and romantic sex and flirting chemistry stuff. This transit is excellent for spirituality, for being embodied and present as you connect with the divine or something greater than you. It's excellent for getting materially involved in mutual aid or community efforts. Mars trying to Neptune is really good for any form of creativity or spirituality that you want to actively pursue because Mars is all about action and pursuit, right? There's so much good that can come from this transit. But as I always warn you with these lovely, easy transits, nothing's going to force you to use these energies. You got to tap into them on your own with intention. I encourage you 
to pursue any of those kinds of activities. Like if you can get your sweet little buns into nature, if you can return or turn to your spiritual practice, especially in ways that help you to or require you to be embodied. If you are, you know, an artist, any kind of art, this is a great time for kind of getting out of your own way and letting your muse use you, you know, like get in there, get in there and and get into it is what I'm trying to say. This transit is going to be particularly powerful for you if you have a planet or important point in your birth chart at around 27 degrees of a zodiac sign that is aspected by Cancer or Neptune. And so you can look to your birth chart to figure that out. And if that's advanced for you and you don't really know how to do that or how to know about these sorts of things, then don't worry about it. You can simply look to where late degrees of Cancer and Neptune fall in your birth chart and get a little sense of what parts of your nature are going to be activated by these energies. And just as a hot tip, you can do that with all the transits. Track where each of the planets involved falls in your birth chart to figure out what gets stimulated in your nature, because where a planet falls by house in your birth chart dictates what part of your nature gets, you know, a little activation. And that brings us to the 16th. Now, let me tell you a thing. On the 16th of May, something very important happens that I that I referred to in last week's horoscope. So if you missed episode 322, you might want to go back and listen because I talk about Jupiter's ingress into Taurus. So it happens on the 16th at exactly 1020 a.m. Pacific time. I'm going to give you a few more words to it so that you know what it means and what to expect. But When we have an outer planet like Jupiter moving into a new sign, you always want to look to where in your birth chart that's going to fall. So figure out where zero degrees or early degrees of Taurus is in your birth chart. And know that Jupiter, the planet of growth and expansion, philosophy, religion, hedonism, excess, is going to stimulate you. And when it comes to Jupiter, I know the internet likes to promise all good things, lots of luck, lots of expansion for all in all the best possible ways. And honestly, that's very theoretical. That's not practical. In practice, Jupiter does bring luck. But as they say, luck is fickle. In order for your luck to actually be good for you, you need to be able to determine what is a good opportunity for you versus what's going to be too much. What's a good opportunity on paper, but not a good opportunity for you, right? And that takes a measure of reflection and big picture broad mindedness. And when it comes to Jupiter, it often comes through quick and hot. And so we don't take the time. What I want to ground you into is opportunities may come and it's your job to assess those opportunities, not just jump on all of them without proper consideration. Jupiter makes things bigger. It doesn't necessarily make them right for you. It just makes them bigger. So you want to pay attention to that. Now, this Jupiter transit, which will last a full year as Jupiter spends a year in each zodiac sign, It starts off with a really intense transit, which is exact on the 17th, just over 24 hours later, okay? And so that's going to meaningfully kind of impact or color the way this year of Jupiter in Taurus is going to feel. But first, let me just kind of share 
When Jupiter enters into Taurus, it often empowers us to grow materially. And that can be in regards to your finances, in regards to your relationship to your stuff, to, you know, your relationship to the way you look. Uh, It can increase your desire for comfort and stability and security and all that good Taurian stuff, right? Which, as you know, because I hammer it home all the damn time, uh, that Taurian stuff around beauty and money and security is really about your values. So it can increase our desire to live in accordance with our values or to live in accordance with the most surface understanding and embodiment of our values, which is why Jupiter and Taurus can lead to hedonism. It can lead to overemphasis on the material or on the appearance of stability and security. So again, it takes some self-awareness to navigate that. Jupiter's transit into Taurus can also increase our material striving towards community building and mutual aid, our drive to get shit together on the material plane and to make things better, more beautiful, more sustainable. This transit wants us to cultivate our visions, Jupiter, with our values, Taurus. Visions and values, I mean... Make it make it a banner, you know, and if you happen to have Jupiter in Taurus, this is going to be an important time for you because you're having your Jupiter return. But that is a whole other conversation. Okay, now I touched on more of what we can expect from society, you know, in last week's episode. So you may want to do a little little listen or you can review the transcript if you like. But whenever Jupiter enters into a new sign, it brings new opportunities for growth. And if we seize those opportunities, if we strive to make use of those opportunities, that is in our absolute long-term best interest. So giddy up. Now, one last thing I'll say is if you are old enough, what you can do is you can look back at around 12 years ago in 2011 to see what was going on in your life. How did it impact you? Now, just because Jupiter's in Taurus doesn't mean you're not also going through other more challenging transits, but it, it can be quite helpful to note. Jupiter makes things bigger. So if you have an addiction, if you have a habit, whether it's internal or behavioral, that is excessive or related to excess and really uh, not especially helpful for you, not especially healthy for you, Jupiter can make it bigger because Jupiter makes things bigger. So it takes, again, grounding Taurus, right, to earth sign, grounding into your values and cultivating a vision so that whatever is getting bigger in your life is helping things get better, right? Because bigger and better are not equal, not inherently. Now, as I mentioned, Jupiter enters into Taurus. And as Jupiter enters into Taurus, it is almost exactly square to Pluto. And if you know anything about Pluto, Pluto is really fucking intense. So Jupiter is squaring to Pluto and it is forming a square to Mars. Now on the 17th, as I said, the transit of Jupiter square to Pluto is exact. And it has heavy T-square vibes as Mars is at 28 degrees and 31 minutes of Cancer while Jupiter and Pluto are both at zero degrees of their respective signs. Pluto's in Aquarius, Jupiter's in Taurus. So we have a T-square here. Again, you want to pay attention to where all these planets are falling in your birth chart because Jupiter, Mars, and Pluto 
are none of these three planets are known for their self-control or restraint. Okay, so kind of high level, just want to ground you into if you are feeling defensive, it is really important that you act with integrity and you do the work to behave in ways that reflect your wisest and best evolved parts instead of your strongest and most vengeful, defensive, and petty parts. Okay? And this will not be an easy feat for many of us who have our birth charts being triggered by these transits. Jupiter squared to Pluto is a very intense transit. What it does on a personal level, like to us, on, you know, in our, in our birth charts, is it triggers major opportunities for transformation. Now, this can mean that we have the potential to heal deep wounds, to dive deep into our subconscious, deep into our triggers and our traumas, and again, tap into that Jupiterian broad-mindedness, Jupiterian uh, capacity to be broad-minded, to be expansive in how we relate to our values, how we embody our values, right? The transformation and the healing that is possible here is profound, but it is just as possible, just as likely that we will get triggered and we will fucking double down. We'll double down on our story. We'll double down on our coping mechanism, maladjusted or not, or that we're going to have to deal with somebody else who's doing exactly that. Or I guess if if you're really just getting a uh, the full force smackdown. It could be you're doing the double down, they're doing the double down. Everyone's activating from their triggers in a way that actually highlights their ego and their desire for maintaining control instead of what's actually, you know, authentic and true to them and their situation, right? So this transit can go in a lot of ways. Jupiter squared to Pluto can also have us asking really deep philosophical or religious uh, kind of questions. In the realm of Jupiter, we're dealing with philosophy, religiosity, and also spirituality, right? Jupiter governs international travel and higher education. Jupiter is all about learning about the world so that you can understand how you're interconnected within it and participate in it. But it can also get really moralistic and soapboxy. It is important, I mean, I can't stress this enough, to ask yourself questions. I'm not talking about like criticizing yourself or like browbeating yourself or being indecisive. I'm saying, ask yourself questions about the stories that you're telling yourself of who you are or what you are or what happened or how, you know, what it all means that somebody did or didn't look at you sideways or whatever, whatever it is. You know, obviously, I don't mean to make small of what is likely to be big things. But if you actually ask questions and you're open to exploring the answers, the growth potential is massive here. If you ask yourself questions and you just feel beaten down by the very process of questioning your narratives or questioning your own coping mechanisms, then you can kind of end up doing injury to yourself. So start small if you need to start small. Ask for help if you need to ask for help, because the healing potential here is major, just major, okay? On a more social and political level, we may see greater xenophobia. We may see religions trying to grab power. And this, you know, should blow no one's mind given the rise of white Christian nationalism, certainly domestically, but, uh, you know, 
in, in many regions of the world right now. And because Jupiter is in Taurus and Pluto's in Aquarius, this meaningfully implicates the rights of women. And of course, when I talk about the rights of women, I am really talking about the rights of everyone who is not a cis man. So I expect we are going to continue to see very aggressive, heavily religious repression to people who are not cis men and violence to people who are not cis men. And this is unfortunately strengthened by the fact that Pluto and Mars are opposite to each other. Not, it's not exact yet. But in this moment of Jupiter-Pluto being square to each other, Mars is also square to Jupiter, and Pluto and Mars are opposite to each other. So this strengthens the risk of violence from men. And there's a lot of levels on which violence occurs. Jupiter is related to legislation. Pluto is, you know, it's a generational planet. It is related to the fabric of society and our shadow. And when we deal with the human shadow, we are dealing with our fears. And when we're dealing with our unconscious fears, generally, those are related to generational inheritances, right? So this shit can get very heavy pretty quickly. And, you know, certainly I would say we are living through some pretty fucking intense times. And so I would expect that things are going to continue to be really intense this week. And we want to pay particular attention, especially between the 16th and the 25th. But honestly, I mean, it's kind of giddy up time. Now, again, on a more personal level, you may be dealing with interpersonal drama. And that might be, you know, an active conflict with someone. Or it might be you're obsessing on somebody internally and you're using what they did or didn't do, what they did or didn't say as kind of ammo to harm yourself with. It's important to know that whatever is going on, psychologically, internally, interpersonally, financially, anything in your world or within you is happening so that you come to greater embodiment and healing. It's not happening to punish you. So basically what this means in, more, in the most practical way I can put it is you are defined by your responses to what happens to you. You are not defined by what happens to you. Take pains to sit with your reactions sort through those reactions so that you can respond with the greatest amount of integrity, care, and self-reflection. The good news is, as fucking messy as these transits can be, they also offer exactly the energy we need to make major strides towards healing this very shit. So it's not a cakewalk, but so valuable, just so valuable what, what these transits can do for us. On the 18th of May, we've got not one, but two lovely sextile transits. The first one is a sun sextile to Neptune. So we've got the sun in Taurus sextiling Neptune at 27 degrees and 11 minutes. And Mercury sextile to Saturn. Ditto signs. Mercury is in Taurus at 6 degrees and 30 minutes, while Saturn is in Pisces at 6 degrees and 30 minutes. So let me tell you, these transits are a lovely supportive energy to the larger transits happening this week. The Jupiter square to Pluto, especially, you know, Pluto opposite Mars, Jupiter square Mars can make us really heavy handed with ourselves and others. Whereas the sun sextile to Neptune empowers us to be generous, to be open, imaginative, connected spiritually, and just more concerned with the welfare of others, which 
you got to know I'm a fan of. This transit can also heighten our sensitivities creatively. So in, in regards to like either the creation of art or the enjoyment and the, the kind of receiving of creativity in art or spirituality. And so if you're somebody who is really spiritual, this is a great transit to tap in and it'll help to tune you up. You know what I mean? It is possible that this transit can kind of inspire us to put our head in the clouds and to not really pay attention to things. But I think you'd really have to go out of your way to try to make this transit function that way. So my great kind of hope and take on this transit is that it will increase our ability to be humble and to explore what's happening in our lives, in the world around us, and deep inside of us. And if you have to deal with somebody who's being a total pain in your ass or somebody who is, you know, just really struggling and you don't know what to do to help them, this transit can help you to just be present. We don't always have to do something. A lot of times we just need to stay present and to be receptive to what is. Not without boundaries, you know, not without care and consideration, but present. Because this transit increases empathy and can kind of strengthen our antenna, as it were, it's especially helpful for working through trauma, working through triggers, whether it's, you know, in a relationship, at work, inside of ourselves deeply. So this is a really supportive transit to have at any time. But this week, thank you. We appreciate. Really helpful. And then, and then Mercury forms a sextile to Saturn. And this transit is super grounding. It increases our ability to process through information. And keep in mind, Mercury is now direct, right? Which means as it's retro shady, it's kind of, you know, we're reflecting on what happened this past month with the retrograde. And the Mercury sextile to Saturn empowers us to actually work through shit pragmatically, to sort through details and make sense of them, or sort through chaos and come to order. This transit helps us to process our thoughts, process with others, have conversations, uh, really explore and share. And it helps us to listen, to really stay present and listen. So again, you can see how these two transits would be incredibly helpful for this chaotic Jupiter-Pluto square situation that we're going through. This transit can support critical thinking, constructive, pragmatic sorting through of analysis, and therefore can empower us to be straightforward and forthright, aka honest. And really, there's no bad time for that. States across the U.S. have advanced a record number of bills attacking transgender rights and threatening the health and safety of trans people and their families. Whether you're trans and looking for support or an ally wanting to help, here are three organizations to know about. There's MTUG, or Metro Trans Umbrella Group, serving trans people directly in the St. Louis area. Transgender Education Network of Texas, which is an advocacy and resource group. And lastly, A Place for Marsha, which facilitates safe housing for trans individuals escaping transphobic states. Check out these resources, Signal Boost, and support them however you can. And that brings us to the 19th. And on the 19th of May, we have a new moon in Taurus. Now, this is exact at 8.53 a.m. Pacific time. 
This new moon is happening at 28 degrees of Taurus. So we're having another lunation at a late degree. And this new moon is happening while Pluto and Mars are opposite to each other, forming a T-square to Jupiter. And Jupiter is sitting on one side of the North Node while Mercury sits on the other side of the North Node. We have a whole lot of Taurus in this chart. Jupiter, North Node, Mercury, Uranus, Moon, and Sun. It's a lot of Taurus, right? So we know the theme of values is going to be strong at play. And this is happening to you personally. This is happening to everyone personally, which means it's happening to us all societally, globally, right? And what does Taurus govern? I'm going to run it through again. It's finances. It's the economy and your personal relationship to it, your stuff, your cash, your debts, whatevs. I mean, Pluto, Pluto, eighth house, a little bit more on the debts tip, but I mean, Pluto is opposite Mars square Jupiter. So, you know, we're dealing with debts as much as we're dealing with what we have or the flow or lack thereof related to what we have. Taurus is related to intimacy and relationships, security and stability, and of course, beauty and appearances. So she can get really complicated in any of these themes this new moon. New moons are always a time for setting intentions, for striving to come to clarity. And so much of this is because when the sun and moon come together, we have this kind of unification of intention of feeling and drive. And that is powerful. So much of what manifesting or intention setting is about is getting all your parts on the same page so that, you know, you can kind of call shit to you. I feel compelled to say always, one can never manifest themselves in or out of collective conditions, right? So uh, I want to just be clear about that. But you know, the core concept of manifesting is about getting into alignment. And so whenever we have a new moon, the sun and moon, our feelings and our identity are in alignment. And when a new moon makes us feel like flaming hot garbage, that is some indication that what we want for ourselves is not actually what we want for ourselves. So many of us, maybe all of us, have self-sabotaging or misplaced ambitions and drives. And this is why it's so important to have Mercury retrogrades, to have challenging transits, because they force us to review, to uh, investigate what's going on inside of ourselves, to make sure that we're not galloping down a path that is antithetical to our interests. A new moon is a great time for planting seeds, for setting intentions. And it is essential that you make sure that the intentions you set for yourself are in accordance with your values. So if you're building relationships, make sure that you're not just like trying to be what people want you to be or that you're not just talking about yourself or whatever else, but instead that you're showing up in ways that reflect the values you hold, right? And also the value you see in others, the value you want to be treated with. New moon in Taurus is really powerful in that way. This is an important time to not blow your money on expensive things for no reason. Again, it has to reflect your values. We are having here in the U.S. major issues with the economy and with the debt ceiling. I imagine there will be meaningful developments and news on and around the state. But because Mars and Pluto are opposite each other, forming a T-square to Jupiter, we can expect propaganda. We can expect 
people reporting too quickly uh, and things being wrong. I mean, I don't like using the term fake news because of who originated that term. Uh, So instead, I shall say misinformation and disinformation. You know, we have to be on the lookout for that. So if something sparks a strong feeling in you, whether it's in your personal life or in the world, Stay present with those strong feelings and try not to just react, but instead take a moment. Make sure you, you know, you, you heard it right. Make sure you are not jumping to conclusions or that you didn't stop really listening uh, once you started to feel a certain kind of feeling. This new moon is likely to kick up a lot of defenses because of the, the Jupiter-Pluto-Mars. If you stay grounded within your values, it can be really transformational and beautiful easier said than done. Really, truly. If you have addiction issues, this may be a particularly triggering new moon and week in general. And so I want to encourage you to set up whatever support you need uh, so that you can, you know, take care of yourself and handle it in the best ways possible. Now, the sun and moon are sitting in, in a sextile to both Mars and Cancer and Neptune in Pisces. This is particularly strengthening, which is lovely. It strengthens our intuition. And the Neptune aspect strengthens our ability to put our ego aside, while the Mars aspect strengthens our ability to really show up. Ultimately, what I think these sextiles are poised to do is to support us for the hard work of this new moon, because it is showing up with some pretty fucking hard work work. The Saturn sextile to Mercury will steady our willingness to consider and listen to and communicate challenging things and to do so in a way that reflects our values. So there's a lot of support for the challenges of this new moon. It will take great intention and the willingness to work through our strongest impulses, which we're likely to be dealing with a lot. And that brings us to the last exact transit of the week, a Mars opposition to Pluto. (sighs) So, you know, I've been talking about it, but let me get a little more specific. Mars enters Leo at 8.31 a.m. on May 20th. And at 8.12 p.m., it is at zero degrees and 17 minutes, opposite Pluto at zero degrees of Aquarius and 17 minutes. So. We have an opposition and a Mars opposition to Pluto under no circumstances. And I mean, no circumstances is easy. Mars and Pluto are the two planets that govern war. They're very conflictual planets. Mars is punch, punch, bing, bing, stab, stab. While Pluto is I blow it all up. It's, you know, it's like nuclear. And I'm not saying that there's going to be a material war. Mars opposes Pluto. This is not like a like a a super unusual transit. But we want to be aware that these are the energies that Mars and Pluto hold. When these two planets are opposite each other, we can want to go nuclear. We can be really defensive. Our egos can feel really harmed or really strong. So if somebody walks all over you, what do you want to do? You know, turn within and harm yourself or turn it outside and harm someone else. A lot of us are likely to do one of the two. Not all of us, not all the time, but you know, human nature, what are you going to do? So Mars opposite Pluto often will trigger an ego conflict that feels life or death. Ego conflict Mars, life or death Pluto. We certainly don't want to do risky behaviors. 
during this transit. Like, I don't encourage anyone to do any kind of like major drugs here. If you're going out and partying, like cover your drink. Don't go solo. You know, don't put yourself in risky situations if you can avoid it. Because Mars opposite Pluto is very dramatic. And again, this transit has been active for a minute now. Mars opposite Pluto can find us really struggling with core survival issues. And so a lot of times our strongest and most powerful urges, instincts, and impulses are not reliably useful or appropriate for what's happening in the here and now. When our survival mechanisms are engaged, unless our survival is actually being threatened, it can often complicate or mess up what's happening in the present. And so Mars opposite Pluto is just a fucking a kick in the cooch, if you will. You know, it is not a transit that is fun. I'm not going to lie. Now, it is certainly possible that this transit motivates you to embodying acts of great strength doing things that require a whole lot of passion and drive and courage, and that you move through something that is deep and has been kind of pulling at you for a long time. That is absolutely possible. But even in that case, it's likely to feel quite challenging. You know, you don't need to be scared of this transit, but we want to be aware of the energy so we can work with the energy. If you end up getting weirdly, you know, triggered or if you find yourself acting out or whatever the fuck it is during this transit, you can be like, okay, I know what the energies of these planets are about. I can see how it's playing out in my life. How do I want to get, how do I want to handle it? Right. Like you can, it can kind of give you, think about astrology that's so cool if it's used properly, is that it can give us this framework for understanding other people and ourselves, for understanding society that gives us kind of like enough objective distance from our lived experience in the moment that we can assess it with a little bit more clarity. Now, a lot of people do not use astrology that way, but that's kind of like its ideal use. So anyways, you can use it that way here and now. I I encourage it. See, I encourage it. This transit can kick up competition, defensiveness, um, anger, resentment, obsessiveness, uh, a feeling of being superior to others, a feeling of being inferior to others. Uh, It can absolutely kick up violence, aggression, and conflict. So it's really important, again, that you take care of yourself and take responsibility for yourself to the best of your ability. If you're going to fight, right? Make sure you're fighting for something. It's so easy to get outraged. I mean, I'm outraged a lot of the time. It is so easy to be outraged, especially in the world that we're living in now. And I just want to kind of ground you into the truth that it's important that we act on our values. A lot of times our outrage is justified and and valid. But if we don't sit with our outrage and make sure to alchemize it into motivation, determination, love, care, empathy, self-protection, boundaries, whatever. If we don't alchemize that outrage, it destroys us, each of us as individuals. can't live with your outrage all the damn time eating and eating and eating at you. It corrodes your your little car. You know what I mean? Uh, And I say car in reference to your body because Mars governs both. That Just a hot aside. So do your best to alchemize these feelings of outrage as they emerge or re-emerge. 
make something out of it. Do something with it. If you find yourself getting overwhelmed by the complexity of it, try to distill whatever's up for you down into its most essential parts. And by doing that, hopefully you can work with whatever is up for you in your life or in the world more effectively. Conserve your energies. Use them for what matters, truly. And there are so many things that matter, right? There's so many things that matter. You might have to prioritize. If you do have to prioritize, you want to make sure you're doing it based on your values and not your ego. Because again, Mars is in Leo. Mars and Leo, such a great placement for courage, right? Acting from the heart with bravery, courage. It's also really good for, you know, egoism and thinking you're the king or the queen of all the damn things. The very last thing I'm going to say about this transit is if you are having partnered sex, have safer sex and make sure that you are being safe in all the contexts that are relevant to sex and sexual behaviors. Just be safe. That is it for this week. I am going to do a quick run through of the transits. Okay, so on the 14th of May, Mercury goes direct. Huzzah! On the 15th, Mars forms an exact trine to Neptune. On the 16th, Jupiter ingresses into Taurus. On the 17th, Jupiter forms an exact square to Pluto. Uh, On the 18th, the Sun forms a sextile to Neptune and Mercury a sextile to Saturn. On the 19th, we have a new moon in Taurus. And on the 20th, Mars ingresses into Leo and forms an opposition to Pluto. And that's the horoscope this week. If you get value from this podcast and you like what you hear, please do hit the subscribe button wherever you listen and consider writing a review uh, telling me how much you like the show. Also, if you would like to continue to learn with me, uh, join me over on Patreon where I like to drop lots of content and answer questions all the live long day. And you know, this is a big week. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of intense energy and it will be revealing It will be really revealing because who we are when things are easy, it's a real different picture than when things are hard a lot of the time. So rise to the occasion when you can. And when you can't, have empathy, have grace around that. All right. I'll talk to you in just a couple of days. Bye-bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here.